0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the philosophy of fitness podcast episode number 54 My name is haley i'm gonna be your host today and every single day that you guys are tuning in Welcome if you're new here. Hello. I'm so excited to have you here We're gonna be diving into a lot of fun stuff today. I hope everybody is doing well I hope you're hanging in there. We are cruising through july now Um, it's been really crazy hot and humid where i've been lately. So, um I honestly, I love the summer though. I'm a huge fan of hot weather and I would rather have hot humidity any day over a cold winter day, that's for sure. So I've got my water here tonight. Um, The reason I say that is because it is a little warm in my studio right now. I usually have the fan on and the door open and it does get quite hot in here. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to kind of throw that out there. But yes, welcome, guys. Today we are going to be talking about things that you think are healthy that are actually not. Because I feel like there's so much misinformation that, you know, circulates around the Internet and around diet and exercise and even mental health a little bit too. So I found 10 things that I really strongly believe people think are healthy and we've been led to believe are healthy, but they really aren't. So go ahead and stay tuned if you're interested in hearing that. And also I just want to throw this out there as well. If you haven't already, remember there is a video version of this podcast. If you're watching here on YouTube, hello, how are you? Make sure you hit that subscribe button and the notification bell so you guys never miss out on future episodes. But yes, let's go ahead and get into it starting now. All right. So, like I said, there's a ton of misinformation that circulates around the internet. And I have certainly fallen victim to misinformation myself. I read things online and I think that they're true immediately, especially younger me, more naive me, especially when it came to diet and exercise. I would. Read articles about crash diets that I thought were a quick fix and a simple, you know, snap of a finger solution to me wanting to be skinny and learning the hard way that it just totally wrecked my metabolism. So um, I've definitely fallen victim to some of these myself. In fact, probably most of them, if not all of them, I've thought were true at one point or another. So We're really just going to kind of go through this um, piece by piece. Like I said, I made a list of 10 line items. If you want really, you know, in-depth information on each of these topics or if you'd really like to hear more about a certain, you know, thing that I'm going over here, then absolutely drop me a comment down below. Um, I'd be happy to dive into things, you know, really deeply. But this is just kind of like a face value, 10 things that we have been led to believe are healthy and aren't. So the first thing that I have on my list here is something that makes me cringe and that is sugar-free and fat-free foods. This to me is such false advertising first and foremost um and it really just bothers me how many people I have spoken to in my life that believe, "Oh, well, I'm eating the sugar-free alternative or I'm eating the fat-free alternative, so that must mean that it's healthier for me, right?" And What I would say to anybody who, you know, is exploring this option or or thinks about this, think about in order for that food that you're eating, right, to be sugar-free or fat-free. It's being altered from its natural state beyond what it's already being altered from, right? So think about what is filling that gap. What is filling the void in what you're consuming? So for example, sugar-free foods, for example, diet sodas are another huge example. Obviously, a lot of these things are processed to begin with. But when we, or when marketers, or you know these companies take the sugar out of the equation, they are then replacing it with a plethora of chemicals and additives and things that are also known carcinogens um, that are really recognized um, to be. Very detrimental to your health and can actually lead to cancer. A lot of artificial sweeteners also really mess up your digestive system. So they can lead to bloating and digestive problems. I actually knew a girl in high school who had to stop chewing gum because I think it's xylitol is the sweetener in gum. She found out, she went to her doctor, she found out that xylitol was giving her these crazy bloating problems where she like couldn't go to the bathroom. It was horrible. So sugar-free is definitely not healthier I honestly truly believe that you should just stick with the option that has the sugar in it because it's less refined and there's less junk and shit being added to it so diet coke versus you know regular coke people always have this debate and I think it comes down to obviously your portion size right like if you're having coke maybe don't have 10 cans a day of the regular coke you're obviously going to gain weight from that and it's obviously not going to be good for you But neither is all of the crap that's in the chemicals that are in the Diet Coke. I mean, that ingredient list, I'm actually going to pull it up for you now. The Diet Coke ingredient list is horrifying. Like, it's all chemicals. And let's see here. Carbonated water, caramel color, aspartame. That's another huge uh, sweetener that's known to be a a carcinogen. Phosphoric acid, potassium benzoate, natural flavors, citric acid, caffeine. So, again, really not healthy food across the board. And the same goes for fat-free food. People think, oh, fat-free yogurt, fat-free milk, that must mean that it's healthier again. Whenever you see this, it's more so a marketing ploy and a misleading marketing tactic to get you to think that what you're buying is actually healthier. So if you're looking at fat-free yogurt or fat-free milk, look at the ingredients list. I guarantee you that there's other junk that's being added in there to replace and to fill that gap because... Rarely is it ever just that a fat-free food or sugar-free food is healthier. In fact, I think nine times out of ten, it actually means the opposite again. From my opinion and from my standpoint, you know, I am a certified nutrition coach, but I also do really preach for a more natural approach and a more holistic approach to diet and to exercise. I would strongly encourage you to steer clear of Any of those prepackaged foods that you see in the supermarket that say low-fat or not even low-fat, but like fat-free, sugar-free diet, anything that has that in its tagline, that should be begging the question in your mind instantly to really check out that ingredients list and to make sure you know exactly what you're putting into your body. So that's the first one. The second one kind of is connected to that. And that's when things say that they're all natural or that they're whole grain. This is such a blanket generalized statement, right, where so much can fall under the umbrella of, oh, it's all natural. It's whole grain. This doesn't account for how much junk food is labeled under this. You know, I think Cheerios are are labeled as whole grain, Frosted Flakes even. I think a lot of these, you know, big brand name boxed cereals are labeled as whole grains, breads, um, empty carbs, right, these empty sources of carbs, things that are chock full of GMOs, chock full of, you know ingredients that are really not the best for you. But you'd think, you know, from an outside perspective, oh, well, it's all natural and it's whole grain. Um, these two terms, specifically all natural and whole grain, are actually unregulated. So there's no process by which people can approve whether something is all natural or whole grain, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. This differs from the process of having something be non-GMO verified or kosher or Um, certified gluten-free, right? Like those foods have to go through a certain process to be able to earn that title, right? They have to fit a certain parameter of this is actually certified to not have any GMOs in this, or this is certified USDA organic. Whole grain and all natural are again just like the first thing we, we spoke about nothing but a marketing ploy from these huge companies that are trying to get you to think that you're eating healthy but you're really not so next time you go to the supermarket check out even if you go into your pantry right now in your house or your cupboard check out the things that say that they're all natural and they're whole grain and I, I encourage you to really do some sleuthing right look at the ingredients list they're probably Uh, not non-GMO, I would venture to guess. And it probably doesn't automatically mean that they're healthy either. So really check out the ingredients list, check out what's being added to them. And um, again, it's really all about that sneaky wording. So just know that the, the less processed, the piece of food that you're getting is... In general, probably the healthier it's going to be for you. So if you have something that says it's all natural and it's whole grain and it's relatively, you know, got a small ingredients list and it's relatively minimal processing, then you're probably good to go. Again, these things aren't necessarily a deal breaker for weight loss or for maintenance or for even bulking. But they are things that we should be considering if we're trying to look at our health from a holistic standpoint and from a standpoint of actually improving our being, right, rather than just seeing a number drop on the scale, We want to really just enhance our bodies and to make sure that we're taking care of this vessel that we've been given for this human experience. And so in order to do that to the best of our ability, it's really important, you know, that we see exactly what we're putting into our body, which leads me to number three. And I might get some hate for this, but I'm going to say this anyway. And that is meat replacements, meat alternatives. So I'm talking about uh, beyond burgers, those are really connected, you know, to Bill Gates, which is a whole nother thing I don't want to get into right now. <laughs> um, tofurky, a lot of these artificial meat replacements. Now, I know that some people out there would probably say, well, meat is so much worse for you. But I do, I don't want to get into, you know, the argument of vegan versus non-vegan. What I am here to point out is the fact that these you know, artificial meat substitutes are full of crap. Honestly, the ingredients in these are, are really not that great. And a lot of them can lead to inflammation, digestive issues. I'm actually going to pull up the Beyond Burger ingredients list and uh, and read it to you. So um, let's check this out. So again, this is just my opinion, like I said. So this is what the Beyond Burger ingredients list has. It's water, pea protein, expeller-pressed canola oil, refined coconut oil, rice protein, natural flavors, um, mung bean protein, methyl cellulose, potato starch, apple extract, pomegranate extract, salt, potassium chloride, vinegar, uh, lemon juice concentrate, sunflower, lecithin, and beet juice. Um, So what I also want to point out about this is, again, that's a really long ingredients list, right, for something that's a burger patty, whereas if you were to – go to a local farmer or to, you know, shop mindfully about where you're you're getting your meat from. What's the ingredients listed in a turkey burger? It's ground turkey. Like that's it, especially if you shop local, right? If you, you know where the food is coming from, essentially. Um, so that's the first thing about this. The second thing that I want to touch on is, I don't know if it's, it's not specifically in the Beyond Burgers, but um, a lot of oils that are added to our foods can really mess with our gut health and our digestive system. So canola oil is listed in the Beyond Burger ingredients list. And some of these more refined oils, right, Um, can really mess with digestion. Like I said, they can lead to inflammation. They're super processed. They're super refined. Um, And so anytime you see that in your food, you kind of want to be mindful of that. So canola oil is in pretty much all of our fried foods, Um, a lot of, you know, pastries, junk food, basically. Uh, Probably I would venture to guess that canola oil is in it. Um, And some people can be quite sensitive to that. So just keep that in mind. The other thing that I want to touch on here is that... um, you know, it's it's not a complete source of protein in itself, right? Because um, we just can't get that complete animal source of all those amino acids from just uh, plants alone, usually. It's it's quite hard to do that unless you combine them in a certain way. So um, I just I feel like to go through all of this trouble, right, to even get to that basic kind of replication of the essential amino acid chain, complete protein that you'd find in, in meat is um is a lot you know I don't think that it's necessarily the healthiest thing to do but again this is just my opinion so um yeah I mean I know that a lot of people do feel like um you know beyond burgers are healthy but for me I just really I would advise you to do your research and to say would I rather put... All this stuff in my body that's been processed 10 times more, or would I rather eat, you know, the real thing? And that's something that you have to decide for yourself. I'm not going to sit here and, you know, preach to you how to live your life or tell you what to do with, with the choices you make, but I'm here to share my opinion. And like I said, I don't think that these meat replacements are are worth it. And I think that there's healthier ways that you could get uh, your protein source. If you are a vegan too, I think that there's healthier ways that you could get your, your source of protein as well. So that's kind of my rant about meat replacements. So we're gonna move into number four. And that's a lot of ready-made, um, like, juices or protein smoothies that you could find at the store. Now, I am someone, I'll be the first to admit, I have these a lot, especially if I'm on the go, if I'm, you know, at the airport or if I'm in a time crunch and I just really don't have any other options readily available, I will be the first to, to grab something like this. But I actually remember in high school, um, I, I used to drink naked juice, the green machine naked juice all the time. And I thought um, that I was super healthy for doing that. And it wasn't until I looked at how much sugar was in them that I was like, oh, my God, this is insane. You know, I thought I was doing something good. And, you know, don't get it twisted. Obviously, if you're having sugar from a fruit source as opposed to, you know, Dunkin' Donuts or a Krispy Kreme, obviously that's healthier. Um, But naked juices typically have around like 50 something grams of sugar in them, which is a staggering amount of sugar, right? For something that's in a little bottle that usually only has under 300 calories, it's probably not going to fill you up that much, um, especially because the fiber has been pretty much eliminated since its juice. Um, this is something that I, I thought was really healthy for a long time. And I've realized there's actually way healthier ways for me to get my fruit, you know, just eat the fruit raw, eat it as it is. Um, you'll have a lot more satiety that way, especially with chewing the food rather than just drinking it. Um, like I said, the fiber eliminated from it in the juice makes it something. So you'd be held for, I don't know, maybe like 40 minutes and then I'd be hungry again after it. And don't get me wrong, there are obviously good times for stuff like this. Like I said, if you're on the go or if you want an alternative to like a Dunkin' Donuts, for example, especially if you're traveling. Um, but as a whole, I wouldn't generally um, rely on these pre-made smoothies or these pre-made protein smoothies as something that's like a healthy staple, right? It's of, of you know, something that you have all the time. Um, obviously, you can have it once in a while, but I do think that this is something that's super misleading. I've, myself, for the longest time, believed that I was doing something healthy for myself and I realized it actually wasn't the best um, idea. If you want, you know, to make the juice on your own, that's a great idea. Or like I said, the best thing you could do is to just actually eat the fruit as as it came, you know, eat the banana as it is, eat an apple, eat, um, I don't know, whatever else they have in those juices. But again, just remember that that's another marketing tactic, I believe, that's that's trying to mislead people into thinking that they're they're doing something healthy when it's actually not quite as healthy as it might seem. So, all right, so that's kind of like nutrition food-based stuff. So I actually want to um switch gears now into stuff that's a little bit, you know, different. So this is more just like actual whole state of health and well-being. So the first one is doing just cardio or just walking and thinking that that's going to be enough to get you to completely re-sculpt your physique. Now, before I get into this, I do want to say, obviously, walking and doing cardio are amazing for your health. They're great for your heart health. They're great for putting you in a caloric deficit, for burning calories, for boosting your metabolism. But they alone are usually not enough to get us to where we're trying to be if we're looking to build strength, if we're looking to reshape our physique, like I said. Um, I think it's absolutely super important for everybody to do some form of cardio or to walk or to get moving in any way that their body allows. But what I want you to know and what I believe personally is that that is not enough, right? Like if you're somebody, if you were somebody to come to me and say, oh, you know, Haley, I want to, I want to kind of, you know, bring my waist in and I want to lift my butt up and I want to build my quads up and I want to tone my arms and I'm going to Hop on the elliptical for two hours every single day for five days. So that, you know, that's truly it's kind of like it's a waste of time a little bit, right? Because if you're going to put two hours of cardio in every single day, you're going to be beating yourself up and then not seeing the results that you could have been seeing if you had just taken some of that time and instead focused on weightlifting and proper strength training. So if you're looking to whittle down your waist, do some not only core exercises, but maybe focus on building up your back more, right? So that you create that illusion of more of that hourglass figure. Train your glutes, strength train for your glutes. Same thing for your quads. Focus on strength training because not only A, is that going to actually be the thing that reshapes your physique, which I know some people might have been led to believe the opposite, right? That running is what's going to slim you down. That's not necessarily the case. So not only is that going to, you know, reshape you, like I've said, um, and repurpose your body, so to speak. It's also going to elevate your metabolism so that you're burning more calories at rest. Because the more muscle mass that we have on our body, the more calories we burn at rest, the more efficient we become in attaining that physique. So just know that, like I said, absolutely nothing wrong with doing cardio, but definitely be mindful of adding strength training into your routine if you're really serious about changing and repurposing, like I said, your body composition Um, because it's so freaking important. And I myself, for the longest time, did not, (laughs) excuse me, I myself for the longest time didn't do any strength training because I thought that cardio was enough. And then I would get really mad at myself as to why I wasn't seeing results and I was just doing the wrong thing constantly. So if you can learn from me, learn from me, please get that strength training and you absolutely will not regret it. So other thing that I wanna talk about here um, is static stretching before a workout. So this is also something that I've done and I still do sometimes, honestly. And static stretching, basically, for, for anyone that just doesn't know, is basically holding a stretch in one position. So let's say I was about to crush a leg workout or I'm about to go for a run and I bring my legs into you know some static stretches. So I do a static quad stretch, or I do a static static lunge or anything else that's static, right? Like I cross one arm over, um, any any kind of static stretch that you could think of, um, putting one leg out, putting one leg in. So basically, The reason why this is bad news bears, right, is because if we're doing a static stretch before a workout, it's actually gonna increase our risk of injury because we're not properly warming ourselves up and lengthening the muscle before we get into our workouts. So instead of doing the static stretching before, you wanna do something that's gonna get the blood flowing. You wanna do something that's gonna Elevate your heart rate slightly to get your body prepared for whatever it's about to do. So swap that out. Save the static stretching for the end of your workout for your cool down. That's the perfect time to do it. Instead, replace that with a dynamic warm up. So what does dynamic mean? That means that we're kind of moving around and we're moving and flowing through the stretch as we're doing it. So a great example of this could be doing some butt kicks or doing some high knees or you know, doing some alternating reverse lunges, some some movements that also integrate different planes of motion too, right? To kind of get us ready for what we're doing. But the main thing is that we're not just sitting in one place or you know standing in one place. You want to keep that warm up dynamic. So there's tons and tons of dynamic warm ups you can do. Jumping jacks is another one that comes to mind. Hip bridges is another one. Fire hydrants. There's tons and tons of dynamic warm ups, especially if you're somebody that's uh, getting into running. I would definitely recommend doing a dynamic warm-up before you get into your run. So that is kind of the fitness side of things. So now I'm gonna be moving into some really hot takes. Um, And I know that that people are gonna think these are hot takes, but I don't care, I'm speaking my truth. So the next one that I want to talk about is... The wives' tale of, oh, a glass of red wine is how I'm going to get my antioxidants. That's my source of antioxidants. I'm boosting my immune system by drinking red wine at night. And this bothers me so much. So I obviously am very against drinking. I do not drink myself. I haven't for over a year and a half now. And there's a lot of reasons as to why I stopped drinking. But the biggest one that I want to point out to everybody listening to this now is that alcohol is literally a toxin, okay? It serves zero function in the body. Our body is designed to remove it and eliminate it We are not designed, and we are not built to digest alcohol. It is not meant for anything. It does not serve any purpose. So that's the first thing that we kind of just want to make clear. Second thing that I want to point out is that you do not need to drink red wine to get proper antioxidants. If you have a well-grounded diet, if you have a fulfilled diet, there's plenty of other sources of foods that you could get your antioxidants from. Grapes themselves, the literal grapes. Uh, reversatrol, I think that's how you pronounce that, is the antioxidant that's found in red wine. They actually make a supplement of that. So if you're interested in just, uh, you know, taking that, then let that be the thing you're doing. I think that a big part of this really falls on the back of the alcohol marketing industry, too, of just leading people to think that, like, it's healthy for them to have wine. Um, And I really don't think it is. So, again, I'm not here to shame anyone that... it wants to drink wine, but just know that if you're listening to this podcast, you're not going to hear me tell you about how I'm going to preach about the benefits of alcohol because we do not believe that around here, okay? We believe in science and the science tells us that alcohol is a toxin and it serves no function in your body. So please venture for some alternate ways to get your antioxidants. Like I said, there's tons of fruits and, and stuff out there that you could get your antioxidants from. So do not fall for the trap of thinking that you need red wine, all right? Next one here. This one's another hot take too, and that is sunscreen. This is something that's a big topic right now. You know, we've got recalls going on. I believe it's Neutrogena and Banana Boat um, recently got recalled for having uh carcinogenic, you know, makeup in their sunblocks. And that's really frightening. You know, it's it's really scary because We're surrounded by sunblock everywhere, especially now that it's summertime. People are putting sunblock on their children and people are reapplying it, you know, several times a day when they're out in the sun thinking that they're doing something good, thinking that they're, you know, blocking the harm, whereas they're actually probably bringing themselves more harm. I think that the sun has gotten a really bad rap lately for being something that's toxic and something that's cancer inducing and cancer causing. And obviously melanoma is a thing. I don't want to sit here and tell you that it's not. But I do want to tell you that it's really important for us as humans to be able to absorb vitamin D as well. So spending time in the sun is actually very beneficial for your health. Now I'm not saying to go sit out there for six hours a day and get yourself burnt to a crisp, you know, so that you match the color of this candle. But science and research has actually shown that if you spend, you know, around 30 minutes a day out in the sun during the parts of the day when it's not quite as strong. So like, I think it's like before noon and maybe after 3 PM, um, it can increase, increase your mood. It can boost serotonin levels for men. It can also increase testosterone. This is a whole nother crazy rabbit hole that I don't want to get into, but if you're interested in learning about that men listening, look up, uh, testosterone and, um, sun exposure, and you will find a bunch of really insightful information on that. Um, but yes, in essence, sometimes the very thing that we are you know, using to help us keep our good health might actually be a hindrance for it. So just really, it comes down to like I've spoken about earlier in this podcast, Think about the ingredients list in your sunblocks and really be careful. Do your research um, and find something that is a safe alternative for you. Sunbum is a really good brand. They've got a pretty good ingredients list, it's pretty clean. Um, But, you know, do your research. You know, think about what. You are putting into your body because when we think about it too, you know, your skin is, is your largest organ. And so everything that we're putting on our skin that we're surrounding ourselves with, we are absorbing whether we realize it or not. So it's really important that we also take some care and some time to, to kind of really find something that we can be proud of putting on our body, right? Rather than some heavy loaded chemicals that could potentially be causing cancer themselves when they're claiming that they're trying to prevent it. So I leave you with that for sunscreen. And then um, I have two more here that I would like to to share with you guys. Um, And the first one is using the scale as your only gauge of progress, This is something that I had fallen victim to for years. I literally placed so much value on that number on the scale. And if I was not a certain number, I thought that I had completely fucked up. Like everything was thrown out the window. You know, if I if I wasn't at that certain number, then nothing, nothing changed. It didn't even matter what I was doing. It didn't even matter how I was feeling. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that have also been in that trap or maybe even still are in that trap, right, of putting the number on the scale on a pedestal. Like that's the only thing that matters. But what I want you to remember is that there is so much more to our health and what our health means than a number that's showing up on the scale, right? So think about it from an entire standpoint of you as an entire human being. And the way that I would encourage you to gauge your progress is by a few different things. First one is super practical, and that's just measurements, right? Like taking measurements of your waist, your arms, your legs, whatever. This is an awesome gauge of progress, and it actually shows you where on your body things are moving, where things are being repurposed, where muscle is coming in, where fat might be dissipating a little bit. And I think that's a much better gauge of progress than than the number on the scale. And you can also go by how your clothes fit, right? That's another, you know, pretty obvious one. But the biggest one of all that I think people just don't talk about enough is how you feel, right? Like, how do you feel as, as a being? Are you energized? Are you fired up? Do you feel satisfied? Are you hungry all the time? Are you tired all the time? Do you feel like you're ready to crush a workout? Do you feel like you have more energy when you get out of bed in the morning? These are the ways that we need to start gauging our progress when it comes to weight loss and when it comes to meeting a weight goal rather than beating ourselves up if the number on the scale isn't exactly what we had envisioned in our head when we began our weight loss journey, right? Because that number does not tell the full story and you are so much more than that number. So please, for the love of God, scales are fine. Use it if you want, but do not let that be your only gauge of progress because if If it is, you will almost certainly come up disappointed time and time again, because again, scale does not tell the full story. And this leads me into my last one here, which is something that is again, kind of just connected to us as a whole, right? As humans, which we are. And that is suppressing your negative emotions and just pretending that they aren't there. This is something that is so toxic. And I feel like in our society is something that we're almost encouraged to do, right? Is to just suppress, you know, don't, you have to save face. Don't show people that you're upset. Don't show people that you're angry. Just push it down, push it down, stay focused on your goals. Um, and this is so detrimental to your overall health because the way that I see it is that if we, if we're suppressing our feelings, right, we suppress and we suppress and we suppress That is how we become depressed, right? It's like we push things so far down. And just because we're pushing them down doesn't mean that they're going away. You can almost think of it like a trash bag, right? When you have all this trash in the bag and you push it down. And sure, you've made space, right? You've made a little bit of space. But the trash is still there. You never got rid of it. You never took it out. And this is exactly what happens when we suppress any negative emotion, when we don't allow ourselves to feel it. There's no way that we are able to heal it. Right. Because we haven't fully allowed ourselves to go there or to even process it or to even recognize why we felt that way in the first start in the first place. Um, And. That just sets you back so much because if you're not in your most optimal state emotionally, that's going to translate over to your mental health. It's going to translate to your physical health. You're not going to be as motivated. You're not going to be as willing to to do things that fire you up. And it's really just going to lead to you having, honestly, a moment where everything is just going to have to surface because there is no choice but for it to just explode because you've pushed it down for so long. And so we never want to get to that point, right? We never want to be at that breaking point, so to speak, where things just become way too overwhelming and we crack and we snap. And I've certainly been here before. I know what that feels like. Um, But I'm also here to tell you that the way that we get around that is just allowing ourselves to feel those emotions as they come up. If you are upset about something, allow yourself to feel it. Don't feel like you have to run away from yourself because you're never going to get anywhere. You're never going to get anywhere if you're running away from yourself. You have to give yourself the space to feel what you're feeling and to kind of just work through it and process it. And I allow myself to do that now. If I'm upset about something, I'll say, you know what? I'm upset and I'm going to just allow myself to be upset. And who cares? You know, you are allowed to do that. You are a human being. You're meant to feel the whole breadth of emotions the whole array of emotions because that's a part of the human experience right we were designed to do that and if we don't do that we're actually doing ourselves a great disservice so definitely you know give yourself a chance to really feel feel things and move through them because that's the thing that has given me the most healing and transformation in my life is giving myself the space to feel and to heal so I certainly hope that you took something away from this. I also hope that you don't uh, twist anything or take it in the wrong way. I'm really just trying to share my truth and also what I've learned and what I've come to understand through my experience. And hopefully something from this has resonated with you or you've opened your eyes to something here um, that has piqued your curiosity. And hopefully you take a look at your ingredients lists on everything that you've got around you because I'm telling you it all matters. So... That's all I have for you today, my friends. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. If you've made it this far, I know that we've been vibing. So definitely hit that thumbs up too. Um, Over on Apple Podcasts, drop me a review. That helps me out so much. It pushes this podcast to some more eyes and ears and helps me boost up in that algorithm. So thank you so much, you guys. I'm sending you so much health, wealth, success, happiness, and love. And I will see you next time. Bye.